So we're down a man or a girl or a well, yeah. Young woman. Yeah. Oh, be quiet. <laughs> Welcome to the Impact Defense Podcast. Podcast. We're dedicated to giving you the information that you need to help keep you safe. Now, let's join our hosts, Brian and Jada. Kylie is down with some sinuses today, so yeah, she will not be joining us for this one. She's been with our been with us for the last few, but just us today. Sorry or yay, I'm not sure which one it is for you. So yeah, either way. All right, today we're actually going to talk about uh, your personal limits. So real quick, Jada, I have a question for you. Have you ever had a situation that has pushed you past your perceived limits? Yeah, actually, a lot. Um, I don't really know because I've always kind of had the mindset of. You can go farther than you think you can. I mean, yeah, I ha- no, I, I agree. I have too. Um, I think there are those things that really kind of confirmed that. I I like to joke with the fact that God designed me without an off switch. A lot of times, um, I just had somebody. So we've had a pretty substantially crazy week, and I had somebody tell me they don't know how I was still going. Like how? Like seriously? Like really? I don't know how you're still going. And you know, it's it's that. I feel like God designed me without an off switch, so I'm just able just to kind of continue to go uh, and just kind of push through a lot of things. Uh, I've learned through little bits and pieces, and a lot of times it's more confirmation of things, that uh, I can push past a lot of times my perceived limits. And I'll come up to what I feel like is a limit at a time and just kind of go, you know, just drop my head and keep pushing and find out that, oh, I can actually get through a whole lot more. Like, for me, whenever I feel like I'm at my limit, I'm usually the person who takes it and they're like, well, might as well commit. If I'm going to go past my limits, I might as well, like, drive as far (laughs) past as I can. Yeah. And so, like, there was this one night where my husband had gone go-karting, and he has uh, some health problems, and he ended up in a lot of pain from something as simple as being... Um, just bumps too hard. Mm-hmm. Like on the go kart track, it was a rough track. And that night, this was before we were married. I got a call from him, and he is like, I, I, I can't do anything. He's like, I can't sit up on my own. He goes, I can't walk. I'm lucky my phone was right beside me. He goes, because it hurts to even reach over it. Like I can hear the pain in his voice. He's having trouble breathing. Yeah. And so at one in the clock, one o'clock in the morning, I go over to his house and I take care of him for a little while. This and then is I realize before you were married. Yeah, I already said that. Did I mention it's been a long, kind of crazy week? So. Yeah. <laughs> I go over there and I start to take care of him, and I realize that it's something like it's going to be the whole night. Like, it's yeah. not going to pass. And so I start by managing to get him to the car, which I am 5'4 and like just above 110. Yeah. Um, and he is like 6'1 and over 200. Yeah. And so, just getting him to the car was a little bit of a hassle. Um, and then, you know, getting into the getting him into my house after that. Well, I guess my parents' house because I was living with them then. Yeah. But I bring him in and I get him laid out on the floor so he can be like as flat as possible uh, because his body was just not wanting to move. Um, he couldn't sit up on his own. He was in a lot of pain. And so the entire night, I woke up every three hours to alternate his medicine, getting him water and all of that. And so 
the entire night that's what I'm doing. I didn't really hardly sleep because I was just making sure that he was still okay and I didn't need to take him to the hospital. And so I wake up the next day and I promised to take my friend who couldn't drive to this event. And for me, like, if I say I'm going to do something, I usually want to do it. I think that's a benefit of good character. Or not a benefit, (laughs) but I think that's a sign of good character where if you say you're going to do something, then you do it. Yeah, I, I kind of, yeah. He ended up staying at my house the whole day, and then that evening when I was supposed to take her there, I was so exhausted yeah. and so tired. But I was just like, well, I'm going to keep going either way. Because if, yeah. if I slept at that point, I was just going to wake up in the middle of the night and end up even more miserable the next day. And I was just physically and emotionally exhausted from seeing someone I loved in that much pain. And so I ended up taking her to the event and there and it was just I'm already an introvert so like socializing after being that exhausted and tired <laughs> yeah just sounded even more emotionally exhausting mm. for me and so I just stepped outside and I was over here like if I sit down I'm just going to completely fall asleep and if I wake up I'm I'm just not going to be able to be safe to drive like yeah. I just I was at the point where I had to keep going or I would stop completely and, like, if I had stopped completely, we'd have been stranded there for, like, the whole night <laughs> because I would not have driven in that condition, <laughs> you know? So I was like, what am I going to do to, like, move around? So I, I refused to socialize because I knew I would be terrible company, and I probably burst out in tears in the middle of a social event just because it was too much, yeah. you know? And so I was just like, I'm just going to start running, <laughs> And that's something that I've always done for stress relief. Like, I've always just, if I am emotionally overrun, I start to do something. Like, I just start doing push-ups until I'm too tired to think about it anymore. Or I start to run because it gives me something to do. And so I just start to run, and I don't really stop until she's ready to leave. So I was already past my emotional limit. So I was just like, I'm just going to keep pushing myself further and further so that I have something to focus on. Like, so I chose... Physical exhaustion over mental and physical exhaustion. So, like, my body was already pushed past points, and I just kind of took it further. But I just, I just ran. <laughs> yeah. And it helped me actually work out a lot of all of the emotions that I went through. And I ended up coming home in better <clears throat> condition than I left in. Just because I was like, you know what? It's it's okay to be past my limit. Yeah. <laughs> um, you, and you, find, you find that your, your limits are beyond what you think they were anyway yeah so there i was in (laughs) flip-flops running just because i was already past that point and just needed something else to think about yeah and so for me pushing myself past my physical limit has always been my go-to over pushing myself past my emotional limit (laughs) well you're your brain tells you it's time to stop long before your body will actually stop. And that's mm-hmm. that's way. And that's honestly how you know, how people are built, but people don't realize that a lot of times. Um, I know one thing for like for me, so I was I, I fought MMA, we've we've talked about that a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I fought MMA and we did a lot of smokers and it's basically just unsanctioned, unsanctioned fights at different schools and different things like that. Where I got to fight all kinds of different guys and uh, the weight classes were kind of wonky and weird. And there was one time when I actually fought 
one guy twice one evening because I beat him really fast the first time and had some other fights going on and he was really upset about it. So his guy come over and said, hey, would you actually mind fighting him again? And I was like, sure. But anyway, like my very first like really big fit uh, fight for an actual organization, I get out there and in the first combination, the guy throws a counter and breaks my nose and at this point in time i can't see the dude now i'd already fought several times i'd already been in bad situations before and i just have always had that i don't quit kind of attitude you know i just kind of keep pressing my parents called it i did or said i didn't have good quitting sense because i kept with them it was just a constant like poke and poke and poke and irritate and irritate and question and why and why, you know, and that translated as an adult into being able to push past what my perceived limits were anyway. So I, I guess there are certain benefits to being a very irritating child to my parents. I don't know. Um, so anyway, I get my nose broken and I can't see the dude. I don't know if you've ever had your nose broken. I, well, I know I don't think you have, but uh, it, uh, it really, really sucks. Okay. Uh, your eyes are teared up really bad. You basically just see a very blurred vision in front of you. And I was a very... I've always managed to get hit everywhere but my nose. Like, usually that's somehow the thing that people just don't hit. It's either, like, right in the eye or (laughs) right on my eyebrow or my jaw. Like, those... That seems to be where people hit me. Or in the lip. Yeah. But it's it's always around my nose, which I always thought was funny because I was like, I have, I have a relatively large nose. <laughs> it's like, how do you miss it? <laughs> but at, at any rate, you know, um, at that point in time, I threw a jab cross. So I was so far away from I threw that jab cross, and I was just I was so far away there was no chance of me hitting him. And then I, I, I threw a leg kick after that. I, I was moving forward with the combination because I couldn't tell exactly where he was. So I was just going to keep moving forward until I actually hit him. And my leg kick landed. And he told me later, he says, after you actually kicked me in the leg, he said, I thought I had to get you to the ground because I didn't want you to kick me again. Uh, so, And I was uh, very much so lucky, I felt like, after that because I'm a much better striker and stand-up fighter than I am a ground fighter. But... I, I, if I can't, if you can't see him, you can't really. Fight. I know. I was thinking when I, I watched that fight um, on YouTube, and I was like, his nose was broken. I was like, why would the guy take him to the ground? You can actually feel where people are on the ground. <laughs> I was like, that was a dumb move. Yeah. But I guess if he got kicked in the leg, he probably wouldn't want that to happen yeah, again. That, but he really did have a better chance if they just stay. He, if he had stayed, stayed up. standing, yeah, yeah. And I don't think he was as good of a stand-up fighter as he was a ground fighter, from my understanding. Uh, I talked to him a couple times after the fight as well. He's, he's a nice guy. Uh, but anyway, yeah, he told me, he said, man, yeah, after you kicked me in the leg, he said, I knew I had to take you to the ground. And he clenched up with me. And as I was sitting there, I was holding him, and I looked, and I'd see the blood drip, 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 drip out of my nose. And I was like, oh, man, it's broken. <laughs> I knew it right then. But, yeah, he takes me down, punches me some more. I sweep him, take his back, and then um, end up choking him until he tapped and uh, so, you know, I was able to win a situation where a lot of times, you know, if you if you'd ask me beforehand, if you get into a fight, I don't know what I would have answered. If you if you if you're in a fight and somebody breaks your nose and you can't really see the guy, are you going to be able to press on, especially in a sporting type fight? Are you going to be able to press on and and win when the only thing on the line really is honor? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and and a win or a loss on your record. That's all that really matters at that point in time. And I don't know what I would have said, but I, I know what I did, you know. 
Um, and people may be asking, and I know my situation was a little more like self-defense than yours was, but people may be asking, is like, what does this have to do with, you know, self-defense? Actually, like, one of the things that we do, um, we teach, and we, we've talked about it before, we teach Kokushin. Uh, we also, for our kids, teach sport karate. And be it sport karate or Kyokushin, our tests for brown belts and black belts are pressure tests. Our goals in these, uh, for sport karate with the kids, we it is a four-hour test for black belt. Uh, for Kyokushin, it is a six-hour test. And our goal during that time is not to hurt anyone or beat anyone up or do anything like that. But our goal is to make every individual push past the limits that they thought they could do. I want to, at some point in time, have to look at somebody and have to tell them, you need to keep going. you got to keep pushing, you know, because I know that I have learned more about myself in those times and those moments when I am pushed beyond what I th- thought, thought I could do in my brown belt tests and my black belt tests and then some of the higher degree black belt tests that I did. It's, it's something about that experience. Uh, I've always, I think with, with just how we respond to things, usually being pushed past our limits is a new and exciting challenge. Yeah. And that really helps with us dealing with that. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, if I decide something's important to me and uh, it's going to push me past my limits, I almost get excited. Yeah. Because I know I'm going to come out of it proud of myself. Mm-hmm. You know, and I love it's the feeling is really addictive. You know, pushing past your limits and exceeding them, and so it just raises your bar. Yeah. Um, I didn't really think about this, but, like, as far as physical limits go, a lot of times I it's for fun that I push myself past mm-hmm. my limits. Yeah. Like, the other week I was uh, at a, at a I, I don't know if it's a state park now or what, but um, I think it's Boone's Cave Park. park. Um, and there's all of these different rock walls, and they don't really, from what I understand, there's no, there's no signs that say you can't climb things. So... <laughs> So, I've always been a climber and love to climb. Like, I was, I spent half my childhood in trees. Mm-hmm. And um, whenever we had the opportunity to go places that did have rocks for me to climb, you know, my mom would freak out, but my dad was always like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, for the first time, for a long time, we were at this park, and I was able to do some rock climbing and stuff, and I tried a, different, a few different places of getting up to the same spot. Um, and there was... One, right at the mouth of the cave, where you go around the mouth of the cave and you go up, and then there's this peak that hangs over. So, it's really kind of this wall that you would have to get through to be able to keep climbing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was already in the climbing mood, you know, I was already, but nothing had been a challenge yet. It was always, it was already easy, but... Um, that one actually looked like a challenge. And so I was going, well, I might as well try to get it. And so I start and I start to get up. I start feeling the handholds. And I realize there are not really hardly any good handholds yeah. for this way up. And I usually rely on a good handhold to get my feet to where I want them so I can use my legs to get up. <laughs> you know, because upper body strength is not the best for me. 
but I'm flexible and can usually use my feet to get me where I want. I was barefoot. I was rock climbing barefoot. Probably not the best idea for most people, but for me, it makes it safer. But I started to try to climb them up and I failed the first time, which of course clicked something in my brain of, I am going to get this before yeah. I leave. Um, and then my dad tries and then my brother tries and uh, they don't get it either. And so I go again and make it a little farther this time um, and then my dad tries, and then my brother tries again. And then the next time, when it, I have this thing where when my adrenaline starts pumping on, like, a physical activity, and then I'm forced to wait, <laughs> you know, like, wait through them trying, I start to shake. My energy comes out in shaking. Like, yeah. I am so full of energy That's not completely that I am... I am just trembling. <laughs> and so I'm standing there, my legs like bouncing up and down. And they're like, are you okay? I'm like, yes, I'm just excited and I want to try again. And they don't understand that. They're over here thinking that it's exhaustion, but really it's an overflow of adrenaline. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because I know the difference. Uh, <laughs> but I'm going up this rock face that I really shouldn't be able to do just because of my strength capacity. Like I should not technically have enough upper body strength to make it up this face. Because it is really an upper body strength yeah. face. The easiest way to get up would be to do a pull up and then hang on one arm and get your arm around. And then do another pull up to get yeah. up. And for me, that would be really difficult to hang on one arm and get that arm up and then switch yeah. and pull up that way. But it was challenging and it was beyond what I was supposed to be able to do and what I yeah. should have been able to do, especially since my younger brothers at this point are a little bit shorter than me, but about my weight and it's all just complete muscle because they do a lot of work. They have a lot of upper body strength. They're super capable of doing it and they weren't able to get it so far. So of course I had that extra motivation of I shouldn't be able to do this, but I really want to. Yeah. <laughs> and so the next time I try, I, I get up and I just do one pull up and swing my foot to the closest foothold I can find, which is about at the same level as my head. So I'm using my flexibility yeah. <laughs> to hold myself up because I can get my feet higher than other people can. And so I get my foot up and I realize I'm hanging by one foot and one arm, like, and they are way spread out. So I'm basically just hanging sideways on this rock face with rock under me. And I'm like, this probably isn't the best idea. And then the shaking starts again. I was like, oh, crap. Because <laughs> no. I was excited because I made it further than last time. And I, so I know I'm not going to be able to get my arm around without accidentally letting go because how bad my hands are shaking. So instead, I was like, all right, well, make it or break it moment. I can either just drop down and give up or I can find another way. And so I hooked my arm and I pulled up a little bit and I hook my head onto the rock. <laughs> so at this point, my arm has let go because the shaking finally got to it and it let go just in time for me to get my head hooked on the little ledge that my arm was on. And so now I am hanging by a foot and the back of my head. <laughs> and my dad's just down at the bottom of the thing laughing. And then I managed to get my shoulder up and then from there, I pushed off and got my entire back on the little ledge that was yeah. before keeping me from being up there. And at that point, I'm like, I can make it the rest of the way. And so for that, make it or break it moment, it's just like you have that moment where you can either decide to back off or push yourself beyond. Yeah. I mean, there are other situations where you have no choice but to be pushed beyond your limits. But whenever 
you know that you can probably do more than you think you can or you have pushed yourself beyond your limits before, it it makes it easier in the future to just say, I can get through it. Yeah. Should I be able to do it? No. Is it possible? Yeah. I just have to step it up. Yeah. That's the big thing here. Um, and that's really where things come around back around to self-defense is a lot of times you're put in situations in a self-defense situation where... You know, you've got to do something, and it may or may not work. Or it's an uneven fight. Yeah. And, uh, you know, because self-defense is basically always an uneven Mm -hmm. fight, and that's the whole point of it. And then you have to overwhelm this person, and you have to push past whatever the limits that you think you have in your head. And I've seen entirely too many times people freeze because they don't know what to do. Um, And another, you know, we talk about, Anxiety is a big thing. You know, we've we've talked about it on the podcast. Kylie has anxiety. One of the things that uh, we have been doing for her anxiety, of course, right now with uh, now that COVID's winding down, maybe we can get back to some of it. But like we would go do, we did uh, like these five uh, k obstacle, runs. yeah, mud runs, obstacle course type runs. Um, you know, she's going to compete again. Going back to. Uh, uh, compete in a couple of sport karate tournaments and stuff like that. Just kind of push yourself in a way and realize, and, and, you know, if you have a problem with anxiety, that's honestly one of the best things you can do is put you in a situation that you're going to feel uncomfortable with and then push through and finish. It doesn't matter if you win, if you, you know, we, when we ran, I, I'm not a runner. Um, I enjoy doing those things simply because I am not a runner. I have honestly, I have a really bad knee. I played baseball through for years, and uh, I have a really, really screwed up knee because I was a catcher. And but now, so I can't like I can't just like run on a regular basis because when I do, my knee uh, puts me in really bad situation for a few days afterwards. So, you know, one of the things I like to do these. 5k obstacle course races because it pushes me it pushes me in something that i'm not really good at and at the end of it i mean i don't finish first by no means but i finish and that's the whole goal and that's, that's kind of with her too uh you know it's just like keep pushing uh because all these things it it plugs into everything in your life you know self-defense is a big portion of that but everything else because if you can push through an area that you think you can't do that you mentally have a block that says i can't do this then that's going to help you succeed through things all kinds of other things that you feel like you can't do i think it sets you up for success in life so there are so many people just sorely unprepared for the challenges of life. And a part of that is a lot of people shelter their kids from failure or mistakes. Yeah. Um, or they do the opposite and completely shut them down when they make a mistake. You know, there's no pushing through or fixing it. It's just either giving up or um, not challenging yourself in the first place. When you constantly keep people on their level they will always be on that level. Yeah. If you never move past it, they never move past it. And it's not just parents. I mean, it's it's right. People do it themselves. Though. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, people just say, I have I have this limit and this is this is my limit and I can't go I past know, that. I know I know my limits. Yeah. I know my, I hate that saying. I know my limits. I can't do that. I can't get past that. Bull crap. You actually can. You just have to learn a way to do it. Um so there's there's that, you know. 
basically what we're going to suggest in this one is we're going to do a really, really kind of weird suggestion for your self-defense. I don't know if you want to say training on this side, the, self, the mental side of the self-defense training. And that is go participate in, compete in something that is uncomfortable for you. If that is a 5K, go for it. If that is some type of obstacle course race, go for it. One thing, another thing I like to do, you were talking about climbing things. I've climbed things, but I've always had a fear of heights. So one of the things that uh, Kylie and I did was we went to a really big indoor rock climbing gym that has really, really tall ceilings. It is fun, but I also am scared to death. I'm not going to lie. It's funny. Not, not that many things really, really scare me. I, I hate heights. And, um, when you're hooked in and you are climbing way up there on the big indoor rock climbing gym, and some of those things are kind of going backwards out over you, uh, it it really pushes you, and sometimes you fall, and then you learn to trust the uh, whoever either somebody who's holding you or the automatic holder if that's what you're using at the time. But I've always been weird about heights because if I'm ever going to climb up on a ladder, it can be like a pretty short ladder, and I. I have a very strong aversion to any kind of ladder. Yeah. And I don't know why, because they're technically made for you to climb up. <laughs> Where rocks on caves are not. But I would rather, like, I, I'd rather take the cave. No. Like, if I... Because here's what it is. But you see I, the ladders. You do not see the ladders challenge. But the rock wall is. And no, I'm terrified difference. of ladders. I <laughs> oh, okay. The shaking is genuinely from fear when I'm on a ladder. Um, I don't trust ladders. I don't know what it is. But it's like it's man-made specifically for the purpose of climbing and getting to where you have to go. But it terrifies me. Okay. But if you give me a rock wall or um, a tree, that I can get way higher on that and be perfectly fine. So but I think like, the point I, of this <laughs> I think the point of this here is when when preparing for you know pushing past our own limits and um, you know and just, I just have and to climb a ladder. You climb ladders. You you go climb really tall ladders. I'll keep climbing rock walls and we'll we'll both get there. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I've never had trouble with the rock walls because um, if I'm going to a place that has a rock wall, usually there's a harness or at least a big mat underneath me, and I trust those things. Like, I don't know why I trust yes, the harness. Yes, but you realize the harness is tied to a person normally. Oh, I've never been on one. Oh, that was okay. A, I was, that I've means, never been on a belay. I've that always is been interesting. On, I've always been on a pulley system that had it connected to something in the ground. Oh, no. No, you should... Or a cord. I did. We a, should go sometimes. We'll okay. take you. We'll, well take I'm you actually we fine with that too because usually if I'm connected to a harness or just someone who is used to doing the job, I can. I don't know. For me, I've always been okay. I don't. Whenever. Yeah, okay. Here's yeah. the thing. I went on a 40 foot obstacle course. Like it was 40 feet in the air. Sorry. It was 40 feet in the air and it was like ropes. Like there are some ropes that you swing across and yeah. grab another rope. And then there was one that was just a straight tight rope that you were supposed to run over. But in this 40 foot obstacle in the air, there are these cables above you and then yeah, a harness I, attached to those. and a harness attached to the cable. And when I got up there, I was feeling a little scared. Like I was I was nervous and shaking and I just looked at the person and the only question I asked was how much weight does this harness hold? I am not a big person, but for me You've already mentioned you're 110 I, pounds basically. Yeah, I'm not I, I'm I'm small, okay? I knew that the weight limit of the harness I was not going to exceed. <laughs> yeah. But I looked at them and I was like 
how much weight does this hold? And it was a really high number, like I, 400 and some or something. And I looked at it and I was like, okay, fear gone. I now proceed to run through the whole course because I'm connected to a, I'm, I'm in a harness connected to a cable that's supposed to hold over four times my weight. Yeah. Yeah, but I don't know. I've always better handled being pushed past what I think is my limit whenever I know that there's a fail-safe. Yeah. But there's not a fail-safe in self-defense. No, there's not. Uh, so I think the biggest thing is we're, we're making odd suggestions and saying, go find something that scares you a little bit, but that you know you're going to live through. Or that, at least, we might could even say that, you know, you're 98% sure you're going to live through. Okay. <laughs> That sounds crazy, but I mean, in all honesty, you know, I, I jumped in and fought mixed martial arts and I fought kickboxing. Go do something that you feel like, hey, you know, it's going to push me past my boundaries a little bit. I guess one thing for me would be like skydiving. I would love to go skydiving. Yeah, no, the only reason I would want to go skydiving is because it would scare the crap out oh, of no, me. Oh, no, me too, but it would jump my adrenaline up. It would be awesome. But it would... It, it, but I, I am a slight adrenaline of, junkie, so, like, I guess pushing past my limits in those areas is kind of right up my alley. Yeah. But anyway, we're going to suggest <laughs> go do something that is going to stretch you, okay? Uh, we've had a lot of comments on things about how people are afraid they would freeze. Um, and people ask us, how do you get past this? This is one way to get past this. Do things that adrenalize you. Do things that scare you. When you do things that scare you and push you, you're less likely to freeze. We I watched a video of people doing a very realistic knife defense, and they were really putting pressure on it, like full momentum. Yeah, actual Someone, pressure yes, testing, self-defense Real also pressure will. testing. And um, there was this comment on there that it, in real life, you would never have a chance of surviving against that knife. And I was just which like... Which is ridiculous. Which is ridiculous. And I'm People looking survive at that. knife this attacks is, all the time. But I was just looking like, this is a real problem. People just have these escalate or heightened views of all of these things. Like, they think if someone is one step above you on something, so, like, you're barehanded and they have a knife. Yeah. Like, they think that you have absolutely no chance because they are above your limits. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, and we've discussed it before, and I think we said it before on the podcast. If somebody pulls a knife out on you, you have a 60% chance of surviving. That is better than half. So, you know, anyway. All right, guys. So thank you very much. And that's a kind of a weird place to leave the podcast. Get out there and do something to challenge yourself. Okay? Push yourself. Uh, try something that scares you. We're Yeah, we're not encouraging you to do something super dangerous. We're no. t- encouraging you to do something that, like... That you feel is past your limits. Yes. A, a little bit over Just your limits. Just push yourself. All right. Well, guys, thank you so very much for listening to today's podcast. Stay safe, stay alert, and we will see you in the next one. Hey, real quick, don't forget to visit impactdefense.online. Oh. (laughs) Yeah, it's a cool website. Got a lot of really cool stuff. Oh, you know what? Pushing yourself past your limits might just be attending one of our seminars, you know? That is true. That is very true. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Apparently, this is the ad portion of the podcast. Apparently. Bye. It wasn't planned. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you 
for listening to the Impact Defense Podcast. If you'd like to learn more about how to keep yourself safe, check out the articles, videos, courses, and seminars at www.impactdefensenc.com. We also do training for security teams, churches, businesses, groups, and more. Stay sharp, stay focused, and train hard.